podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Have you tried the Name Your Price tool yet? It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to find a rate that works for you. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive. Get your quote today at Progressive.com and see why four out of five new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. For Liverpool fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Liverpool videos and podcasts. Download the COP app for free now on the App Store and Google Play. And welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight we are previewing the West Ham versus Liverpool game this coming Wednesday evening. Joining me again is Jay Riley. You can get Jay on the Radio City Fan Friday talk show. Uh, the Cop HQ on Twitter, if you want to give him a follow and regular with us on the Cop Table. So I know you're still a bit under the weather, Jay, but uh, apart from that, how are you doing? Yeah, just trying to muddle through, you know. Um... It's one of them. Liverpool are doing well, obviously, in the league and we're absolutely flying and it's just a matter of when, now, not if, that we get the Premier League title. But you know, we had a little bit of a setback there, haven't we, in the FA Cup and plenty to talk about tonight. Yeah, most definitely. We'll um, we'll come to that Tuesday game shortly. But first of all, we're going to cover the the Wolves fixture. And uh, we went down there, difficult game, come away with a, with a 2-1 Victory took an early lead before uh, conceding earlier on in the in the second half, but left it late again with the with a great finish from Firmino. And I thought, yeah, we huffed and puffed at times, didn't we? And we was under the cosh for a little bit of that game, and probably our most difficult fixture that we we've had for for a long time in in the Premier League. So, just give us your thoughts on the on the, the performance against Wolves, Jay. Well, I said, didn't I, in the preview of the game that I expected to be a really difficult game and it wouldn't have surprised me if we if potentially dropped points and I did toy with the idea of maybe a 1-1 draw and in the end I decided on a 2-1 victory and that's exactly how it panned out. Liverpool did win the game 2-1 but we left it really late and when you look at the, the bigger picture, when you look at the game in general, I thought... Liverpool started off okay and obviously took the lead early on through Jordan Henderson, a corner, great delivery again by Trent Alexander-Arnold to get his 10th assist of the season in the Premier League and the captain got on the end of it, like headed it home for a 1-0 lead and then 
you know, Wolves showed signs, didn't they, in the first half? They got dangerous players, very good attacking options. Certainly, with Adama Traore, he's very strong and powerful and quick. And Raul Jimenez is always a danger as well. And, and I think the young lad Neto, who scored the goal at Anfield, I got disallowed. I mean, he came in for a lot of stick with his celebration because God only knows what he was doing. He looked absolutely ridiculous. But you know, I do think he's a good player. They signed him from Lazio, apparently, and. He's definitely got something, I think. I think he's a good player and he obviously must be keeping Jota out the team or it's competition for places anyway. And, you know, he started the game and he was very lively in the first half. And, you know, Liverpool did go in a half-time, 1-0 up. And you're thinking, we did have other opportunities to score, though, and a little bit frustrating that we didn't get a second. But obviously we hadn't. And then we got caught cold, really, didn't we, at the start of the second half. And... Adama Traore got down the line and whipped the ball in for Raul Jimenez, who was a little bit unmarked in, in the box, and he headed home to, for an equaliser. And then all of a sudden, Wolves had like 10, 15 minute spell, really, where you're quite right in what you're saying. We were under the cosh a little bit, and you were thinking, oh, could this be the game where Liverpool not just drop points, but finally lose a game in the Premier League this season? And, you know, we were hanging on a little bit. But when you say we, had, we were hang, when I say we were hanging on, we still had really good opportunities to score ourselves, though, didn't we? I mean, Mo Salah should have done better on a couple of occasions, really. And he can be a little bit infuriating at times, can't he? I mean, he's a fantastic world-class footballer. We all know that. And he scored crucial goals for Liverpool in his career so far. But he doesn't half miss a lot of chances as well. And, you know, Liverpool should really have been out of sight, really, when you analyse the chances that were missed in the game um, but like I say Wolves were pushing and, and you know fair play to them we knew it was going to be a difficult game because when they came to Anfield I said didn't I in the previous podcast probably the best team to come to Anfield this season and I was fully expecting their tails to be up and they'd be smart and really from a couple of VAR incidents that went against them at Anfield and so it proved really they were really up for the game and you know they were unfortunate really but Liverpool when you think about it, just before Firmino did end up scoring the winning goal, he should have scored another goal, shouldn't he, really? You know, he's through lovely bit of footwork and just did it straight to the goalkeeper. But then, you know, thankfully, we managed to get the second goal. A little bit similar to the goal that he scored against Spurs away, to be honest. And, you know, we scored, it was late on, was I think it was the 84th minute or something. And I think sometimes when you're going to win a trophy, there's defining moments, isn't he? You look back to last year, the Champions League, the, the David Carrigi goal against Barcelona when we come from behind 3-0 in the new Camp to win 4-0 at Anfield to go through you know on aggregate I think that goal you, you got the sense then that that was the goal that no matter what we were going to Madrid and we were going to win the European Cup before a ball had been kicked you, you could feel it you could sense it and and I do think that that goal that Firmino scored on Thursday night, the winning goal. I think that was the moment for me. I mean, there's probably been a few where people might say the one against Spurs, people might say the, the Salah goal at the end against United, because after all, that was the game where the fans in the coffee were all saying we're going to win the league. But I just get the sense that, for me anyway, I think that was a really tough game at Molyneux against Wolves. I fully expected it to be difficult and for us to score late on in the manner that we did I think, to me, that was a defining moment of knowing that this is going to be our year and we're going to be Premier League title title winners, we're going to be the champions. And it's been a long time coming. And as I said before, it's a matter of when now, not if. Yeah, it was uh, another 
a vital three points, wasn't it? Um, on the on the road to this uh, to this Premier League title, hopefully. So, just gonna have a little look back at the the Shrewsbury game from from yesterday. Jay, we're gonna talk a little bit about the, the performance of, of some of the younger players, um, and then once once you finish that, just move on to the onto the to the stance that Klopp's took now that, that we did draw the game and. Obviously, he's come out and he said the players are going to be on this um, this winter break. No matter what, they won't be playing. He won't be in charge of the game. He's going to leave it down to uh, Neil Critchley. So basically, it's going to be a similar team to what played against Aston Villa in the um, in the Caribou Cup when they was out in Qatar. Obviously, they're a league league one side, aren't they, Shrewsbury? So it, it shouldn't be as much of a of a difficult game. But then you look also that we've got Chelsea in the next round. Um, just give us your, your thoughts on, on the Shrewsbury performance and then and then the situation that Liverpool are, are now in and facing in this uh, FA Cup, please, Jay. Well, I thought this performance was a bit of a shock to the system, really, because it was a very similar team to what performed against Everton in the Merseyside derby. And basically, we played Everton off the park, didn't we? I mean, in the first half, Everton had quite a few chances, but Liverpool played all the football and in the second half, Liverpool controlled the game massively against Everton and Everton didn't even have a shot on target and that was their full-stand team. Now, you go into this game against Shrewsbury and, and we pretty much had the same personnel, didn't we? Give or take a couple of players and if anything, we were stronger against Shrewsbury because we had Matip and Lovren returning from injury and Fabinho in the middle of the park as well and all three of them, you'd have to say, looked very rusty. I mean, Fabinho... Out of the three of them, Fabinho's the main man, isn't he, in, in the sense that he's 100% he'd be in your first 11. Matip and Lovren, you know, they're sort of like, I'd say, third and fourth choice centre-halves behind Gomez and Van Dijk. I know Matip played a long, long period last season into this season as well, but for me, Joe Gomez is better than him and he's proven it at this moment in time. So Fabinho's the one and, and I just thought he, he looked really, really rusty, give the ball away quite a bit, looked sloppy, slow in possession, you know, clearly he, he's not played for two months and it was very evident he needs the games, he needs game time because he was sloppy. Um, as regards Matip and Lovren, when they play together, it's like Laurel and Hardy. I put a tweet out about it. You know, they, they don't complement each other very well at all. And very clumsy and sloppy. And we all know about Asian Lovren. I mean, he's been at the club five years now and he's been very error-prone. I mean, Liverpool over the years have had quite a lot of players similar to that. Alberto Moreno, Martin Skirtle, obviously the goalkeeper Simon Mignolet, eh, Loris Karius. And thankfully they've all left the club now. And there's one left and it's Dejan Lovren. And there's no doubt about it, he's fourth choice. And I don't get these fans who defend him and say he's, he's good enough, he's this, he's that. He's simply not good enough. He makes that many mistakes. It's, it's embarrassing really, even when he got a little run in the side, like quite recently in, in November time. A lot of the goals we were conceding were coming from his errors as well. You know, we were going to really concede one a game, but they were coming from errors from Dejan Lovren. He's a poor defender for me, and I highlighted again there, you know, a couple of incidents where he was awful, and then the second goal that we conceded was was Lovren's fault as well. Um, it was partly Matip's fault as well, to be honest, because he missed the initial header. But then when you centre half partner, it is getting done as he as he was by that Cummins. It's embarrassing, really, and. You know, it's Shrewsbury deserved it. 
for me because they caused us a few problems in the first half as well. Liverpool certainly weren't at it at all. We were very sloppy, and as I say, it just goes to show you know if you're not playing regular games, then you know these things can happen, and and it's you might be a good footballer, but if you haven't played for two or three months, you become rusty, and it becomes evident. The young players were let down by the senior players. I mean, Adrian was brilliant again, made some really good saves. Um, but you know the other senior pros were, were poor. I mean, Diva Carigi stunk the place out. He was dreadful. I mean, he's such an enigma of a player. He, he, to me, he's a super sub. He, he's he's a throwback to the seventies, David Fairclough. He's good to throw on for the last 15, 20 minutes to turn a game and get a vital goal for you. When he starts, he's very poor. But that said, he's an enigma because when he has started in a few games, he's been he's played well. I mean, you look at the Barcelona game, the Champions League last season, he scored two important goals. You look at the game in the, in the Premier League this season against Everton uh, in December time, he scored two really good goals. But majority of the time when he starts games, he flatters to deceive and he was shocking on Sunday against Strews, but he really poor, didn't do nothing. Um, you know, Minamino as well, for me, got to give the lad time, but it's it's he seems a bit lightweight, doesn't he? And it's going to take him a bit of time to adjust to the physicality of the English English league, to the Premier League, to English football in general. Because you know some players come to your club and they take to it like a duck to water, and I think with him it's going to take him a bit of time, and we've got to allow him that time. But you know, as I say, I think the senior players certainly let the young kids down. I thought Chiravella had another really good game. I thought Curtis Jones was good in patches, scored a very good goal, took it well. Um, you know, Nico Williams started the game quite well as it went on. He got caught out a little bit. Larucci done okay, but then obviously he gave away a penalty, which if VAR was in place, it wouldn't have been a penalty because it was on the edge of the box. It would have been a free kick. So certain things went against us really because we could have had a penalty as well for handball. So if VAR was in place, we'd have had a penalty and we wouldn't have conceded the penalty. But say Levy, it is what it is. You know, they got the, the equaliser and, you know, they ended up getting a replay out of it. And to be honest, they did deserve it on the grand scheme of things because Liverpool didn't play well. They, they were very spirited after a shocking own goal at the start of the second half um, by Donald Love, who, who's an ex-Man United player, actually. So I found that quite amusing, to be honest, at the time. But, you know, for shows, but anyway, they came back into the game and, and quite right, they deserved their replay. There's no, there's no arguments there from us. Um, I thought young Harvey Elliott struggled a little bit. Um, he's 16 years of age, and he certainly looked 16 years of age playing against men in that in that cup tie. He, he looked a little bit, a little bit off, to be honest. Other times when you've seen him this season, he's looked really good, and you can tell he's got great ability and a very good future, but. He really struggled in that game, but most of the kids perform well. There's there's no complaints there with them. They can hold their heads up high, but it's the senior pros that let them let them down. Really, let the, let the kids down and let themselves down. And even Oxley Chamberlain, when he came on, offered absolutely nothing for me. And he's been a bit disappointing. He started in all them three Premier League games against Spurs, Man United, and Wolves, and he he, he was ineffective in in all three games for me. And he didn't really do nothing when he came on against Shrewsbury either and you could see how desperate Klopp was towards the end because he threw Salah on didn't he with about 15 minutes to go and but for me you know one with about 8 minutes to go and just wasn't to be really was it and you know we've got a replay now so now we move on to the, the interesting comments after the game by Jürgen Klopp and 
to be honest with you, it, it, it's a, it's an absolute mess, isn't it, of a situation? Because there's two ways of looking at it. I mean, the FA or the Premier League, you can't say we're going to give all Premier League clubs a winter break, but then have stipulations in place that, oh, but if you go into a replay of the fourth round of the FA Cup, it eats into your winter break. It's just an absolute farce, isn't it? You're either having a winter break or you're not having a winter break. The flip side to it all, though, in my opinion, is I think Klopp was very reactionary after the game. He was clearly angry that we threw away a 2-0 lead. He was desperate towards the end to get a winning goal. That's why he threw Salah and Firmino on. But because we didn't actually get the winning goal, he's he's faced with a situation now where this replay eats into the winter break. And it's it's quite evident that he's promised the players time off to go what do what they want, like go on a little break here, there and everywhere. And he's probably got something booked himself because for him to come out and say he's not even going to manage the team, I, I mean, look, he had an excuse when we were in Qatar because we were going for another tournament, another trophy, the World Club Cup. And that's why Neil Critchley managed the team of, of under-23s. This time around, I think the, he could end up getting fined if, if he doesn't show for this game because I just think, surely to God, as as manager of the football club, surely to God, you've got there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't be there because it's not like we're competing in another tournament in another country, is it, the way we were in December time? So I don't know how this is going to pan out because it's a bit of a strange situation, really, because I think it's sort of like, it's a little bit throwing your toys out the pram, isn't it? It's a little bit of cutting your nose off to spite your face because you can't tell me that some of them players that played in that game, it wouldn't do that. They surely would benefit from playing in this replay. The likes of Lovren, the likes of Matip, the likes of Fabinho, they need game time. So... They've had they've missed two or three months of the season already. The likes of Shakiri coming back from injury, the likes of um, you know, obviously the the Curtis Jones and and Harvey Elliott, they might be involved. Milner anyway. as well. But but that's what I'm saying. Some of these players are coming back from injuries and need the game time. So why not use them in the replay? Say like Nabi Keita. You know, he's been injured most of the season, coming for a little bit, got injured again. He's just coming back now from injury. They need the game time. It's like the likes of Minamino's who just come to the club. Lalana doesn't play all the time. Origi doesn't play all the time. There's no excuses for me, really, for them players to be going on a winter break and not playing in this replay. But, you know, it is what it is. And, and if Klopp has decided that none of the senior pros are going to play, then, you know, who are we to argue? And and, and obviously, they'll, people are going to... It, it's a major topic of conversation and people are going to talk about it until the, the replay comes around. But... If he if he if he genuinely means what he says, and I think he does, that the under twenty threes are going to play and Neil Critchley's going to take charge, then so be it. We've just got to you know deal with it because it, it's it is what it is, and, and there's nothing that we can do about it as fans. I think it's a little bit a little bit distasteful. I can understand why he's doing it, but I just think, as I say, it's it's throwing your toys out the pram a little bit for me. It's it's trying to make a statement to the FA. To, to basically two fingers up to them about replays, isn't it? And I do get it, but then there's there's always two sides to the story. And I just think it's not a case of throwing it because they are a League One side. And, you know, Liverpool's youngsters did compete in that EFL trophy this season and they didn't do very well, but they were, they were close in a couple of games, weren't they? So, you know, with it being at Anfield as well, I'm sure there'll be a big crowd there. But the, 
the club have got to play the game here because they can't be charging thirty five, forty pounds for a ticket if they know full well that it's going to be the under twenty threes. They've got to charge ten, fifteen, maybe twenty pounds a ticket. It's got to be cheaper because it's not really fair on the fans, is it? Because it's like we're sacrificing this replay and the playing the kids. It's not really fair, is it, on the on the paying fans? So you know, obviously it's a this it's going to rumble on, isn't it, until the replay comes around. I think it's on the 4th of February, isn't it, or the 5th of February. But, you know, obviously it's going to give Shrewsbury a really good opportunity now to get to the next round. That's not to say Liverpool won't get through, though, um, because, as I say, some of these kids are really good. So it remains to be seen what happens. But then now we know the draw, and the draw, we've got Chelsea away, and it's a bit of a nightmare draw, isn't it? Let's not get away from the fact that it's it's one of the worst possible draws that we could have got because the reason why I say it is because Klopp will still play a weakened team no matter what even if we get past Shrewsbury it's still going to be a similar type of team that played against Everton that played in the first game against Shrewsbury um, the other day so no matter what we're going to play a weakened team and as you're seeing from Chelsea's team selections they ain't going to be playing a weakened team they're going to be playing a strong team so the likeliness is we're going to get beat anyway in the fifth round. And the reason why I say 100% will play a weakened team is because the fifth round is played now at the start of March and it's a midweek, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The fixtures are played over. The Saturday before that, Liverpool are away to Watford in the Premier League. The Saturday after that, we're at home to Bournemouth at half 12 kickoff in the Premier League. There's absolutely no chance Klopp was going to take the fifth round serious. So we may as well go out to Shrewsbury to tell you the truth because we're only going to get a hard enough Chelsea. And that's just my brutally honest opinion on it and views on it because the Premier League is the bread and butter. It's the most important. And people might say the league's won already. And I do think it is. But it's not mathematically won yet. And them games, the end of February when we play Watford and the start of March when we play Bournemouth, they're massively crucial games for Liverpool and Klopp will see it that way as well. So there's not going to be any of the top players playing in that game against Chelsea in the fifth round if we make it past Shrewsbury in the replay. So the whole situation now is just a complete and utter mess because if we do get through, you can guarantee Klopp will not want to be going to Chelsea on a Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday night to play that game in the FA Cup. It's just, it's his worst nightmare. So, you know, I'm sorry, like, but it, it, it's the draw doesn't help either. If Liverpool would have got someone like Portsmouth or Reading or Derby or someone in the fifth round, then maybe his opinion would change a little bit. But, but getting Chelsea away is, is a terrible draw. The only way it could have been worse, really, in my opinion, is if we, if we would have got Man City away. So it's a, it's a terrible draw. And, you know, I'm certainly sure Klopp's not bothered now whether we go out against Shrewsbury because it, that means we'd avoid going to a, a trip to Stamford Bridge. And, you know, I'm sorry to say, but it looks like our FA Cup days this season are numbered. Yeah, very interesting um, situation going on with the... Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. 
obviously with the FA Cup and one that we will be keeping a close eye on over the uh, over the next week or two or whenever it is that the the replay happens. So then, Jay, moving on to the the game on on Wednesday night, we're playing against West Ham. They've got a new manager in charge, having a man we know very well, David Moyes. Um, not too sure how, he, how he's uh, done with his team lately without looking at, at the, the past few results. But just give us your thoughts on the, the, the potential um, threat that West Ham are going to pose us on uh, Wednesday evening. Well, I think West Ham are a very poor side, but they've got some good players. It's just that quite a lot of them are injured, aren't they? I mean, Yarmolenko's out injured, Felipe Anderson's out injured. Um I mean, they've got the Haller up front, haven't they? Still in midfield, are quite combative with Mark Noble, and, and um, they've got Declan Rice as well, haven't they? And Snodgrass is not a bad player, I suppose, as well. But you know, when you think about it, they're, they're a very poor side. And the one thing I look at West Ham, other than Antonio, they lack pace. They're a really slow outfit, and the only thing I will say is David Moyes. He's a laughable character because go back 10 years ago, he was a decent manager who ended up getting a Manchester United job basically on the back of 10 years at Everton where he won. Well, he didn't win a carrot, did he? But he sort of stabilised Everton and worked under you know a budget. Didn't really have much money to spend, but he done quite well for them, didn't he, in terms of getting them quite high up the table and got them into Europe and what have you. Went to Manchester United and was was out of his depth, really, wasn't he? And got sacked there, and he's just had a little bit of a disaster, like the last what, five years of, of his of his career, really, hasn't he? And just gone from different club to different club and had a stint in Spain. And I think the thing with Moyes, football's evolved and he hasn't evolved with the game. But what I will say is, he'll always have his players up for games. So. You know, might not be for the one to try, and they might not be good enough. But at the end of the day, they'll dig in, and they'll they'll, they'll be in your faces, and it, and like they'll be trying to compete with you. So I don't think it'll be an easy game as such. But I just think Liverpool are far superior to this West Ham team that we should be looking at getting the three points. But I suppose because they're fighting for their lives, they're down there near the bottom of the table. You know, you, you can't underestimate them too much. It is a home game under the lights, the Olympic Stadium, that London Stadium. So Liverpool did drop points there last season, don't forget. So we have got a point to prove in a way, haven't we? Because, you know, it was a game last season where we dropped points. And, you know, I think they, they will be up for it. The crowd will be up for it. But I just think Liverpool are too good for this West Ham team. I really do. Um, when you look at their form, I mean, when Moyes took over, I think he had a couple of decent wins to start with. But it's tailed off a bit now. They lost away to Sheffield United. They drew a home against Everton. Um, they just got a hide off Leicester. And then, of course, they got knocked out of the FA Cup by West Brom. So they're struggling for form a little bit. And as I just touched on there before, they've got a few injuries as well going into the game. And Liverpool shouldn't be too bad. We shouldn't have too many problems against West Ham on Wednesday. But you just never know, I suppose. Like I say, Antonio's been a thorn in our side in the past and he, he did score the goal there last season, didn't he? So, you know, when you're analysing and look at the bigger picture, they've still got their little threats in the team that could cause us a little bit of problems on the night. But, you know, also you consider Liverpool are going to be without Sadio Mane, who, um, who got injured, didn't he, in the game against Wolves. So that's a little bit of a blow. So it's going to be interesting to see who comes in to the side in place of him because... You know, as I said before about Minamino, he doesn't quite look ready really to start games for me. And 
Divock Origi, when he does start games, he's very poor, isn't he? He's, he's just an enigma. And then, other than that, you're looking at Oxlade-Chamberlain, maybe, but he started, like, what, the last three Premier League games and flattered to deceive. Naby Keita's back from injury now, so the potential, maybe, for him to play in the game. But, again, you know, because he hasn't played that many games lately, would you start him in the game? So, it, it's interesting to see what team he goes with, isn't it? Because, you know, the Mane injury, it, it's not ideal but like I say, West Ham are in poor form for me and we should have no excuses on Wednesday night and getting the three points there. Yeah, and you mentioned there, Jay, about the um, injury to Sadio Mane and Origi played against Shrewsby, didn't he? So just looking forward to the to the possible potential starting lineup, should I say. Um, who do you see starting in this game in that midfield area? Do you see him going with the same same three as the previous game uh, with, with Chamberlain? Henderson and uh, Gino Wijnaldum possibly starting Minamino or, or Divock Origi. How do you think he's going to um, tackle the starting eleven on uh, Wednesday, Jay? Well, it'll be the normal defence, won't it? With uh, defence right-back, left-back Robertson, centre-half Pierre Gomez, Van Dijk and in goal, it'll be Alisson Becker. The midfield, Jordan Henderson will return, Gini Wijnaldum will return and then it is a little bit of a dilemma because for me, as I say, Oxlade-Chamberlain started them last three Premier League games and he he's not really done anything. He hasn't really warranted the starting bait for me and the only thing you will say is who, who, who does come into the side in his absence if you if you don't start with him because, you know, Naby Keita's missed quite a bit of football lately. James Milner's still out injured. Shaqiri's still out injured. Um, Adam Lallana's had a virus so it is a tricky one who you pick because as I said there as well Minamino looks he doesn't look quite ready to start games in the Premier League it's going to take him a bit of time to adapt to the Premier League isn't it so you know it's it's going to be an interesting one really who he goes with and, and then obviously the flip side to it all is we're, we're going to be missing Sadio Mane so for me you know we'll start Salah will start but who starts you know as one of the forward three so it is a bit of a selection dilemma I mean I probably would have said let's start Fabinho, but he looks so far off the pace in that game against Shrewsbury then that I don't know whether it would be a good idea to start him, to be honest. But I don't know, maybe because we know how, how much quality he's got and how classy he is, maybe Fabinho will start this game and Oxlade-Chamberlain may maybe sit it out. So I, I will go for Fabinho to start even though he did struggle in mid midweek, I think he might start, which obviously allows Henderson to play a little bit further forward with Wijnaldum then. And I, I've got a feeling that he's going to start on the left as well, to be honest with you, Peter. Yeah, Klopp did say about the, the performances of Matip, uh, Lovren and uh, Fabinho, didn't he? He mentioned that um, they need to find the rhythm again and, and the only way they're going to find and that rhythm again is is by playing games, isn't it? So be interesting to see. There's also the the option of playing Oxley Chamberlain in the front three as well. He's he's done a job there before, hasn't he? No, um, he prefers the midfield role, but yeah, he is he's played that role previously. So just looking forward to the to the game. Then Jay, give us your thoughts on a on a scoreline prediction and your reasons for them, please. I'd be I'd be a bit disappointed if West Ham score against us because I do think they're a poor side and. I know Haller's all right up front and Antonio, if he starts the game, he, he, he's got a bit of pace about him and he has done well against Liverpool in the past. But the, they're missing a lot of creativity, aren't they? I mean, Snodgrass is not bad. He's all right, especially from set pieces. But when you think about it, no Felipe Anderson, 
They've got no Yarmolenko. I think Fornals is all right, I suppose. He's he's a creative player. But other than that, they've not really got much. And, and, and as I said, they've got a severe lack of pace throughout their team. So I'd be very disappointed if they score against us. And I, and I just think, you know, Liverpool, are, they're, they're playing within themselves. Like, when you analyse the fact that we give Leicester a hiding on Boxing Night, and then other than that, we've just been doing enough, haven't we, in games to beat teams... Manchester United game was a bit of a strange one because that could have easily have been four or five as well, but it wasn't. And because we got the second goal at the last kick of the game, it, it made it look a bit tighter than what it actually genuinely was. I mean, it should really have been at least four, in my opinion. But a lot of games this season, Liverpool have just been doing enough, haven't they? I think that might be might possibly be the case against West Ham. I, I mean, I don't think they'll score, but I, I just think Liverpool have too much for them. I, Mission Mission Mane could be a bit of an issue in terms of being free flowing and creating opportunities galore. So we might have to be a little bit more patient than other times. But this Liverpool team, they know what they want, and every single game, it's all about winning. Just win, win, win. It's not about avoiding defeat. It's just the mentality that they've got is incredible, really. So I, I just think West Ham, uh, they, sh- they shouldn't really have anything to bother us and. We've got to be looking at another three points and going 19 points clear on Wednesday evening. All things considered, I just think it's it's a certain three points. So I'll go for the scoreline of West Ham nil, Liverpool 2. 2 nil scoreline for you, Jay. Yeah, um, my own thoughts on the on a scoreline prediction. I think Jay's Jay's quite right in what he's saying that we we will be lacking something on the on the attack with with Mane being out and missing his pace and I think that's shown in, in the Wolves game when he went off the, um he was missed and Minamino wasn't used to the job and Robertson's not used to having him in front of him so it, it did affect the, the performance somewhat but I just think the same as what Jay's saying that we are we are going to be too strong for this West Ham I'm sorry, they were, they were languishing in the in the bottom half of the table. Um, not going to be an easy game by by any stretch because they they're at home. They're gonna they're gonna have the crowd behind them and they they're gonna want to put, put on a performance for their own own crowd, aren't they? So I just think um, we'll have far too much for them. And I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with a three nil victory for Liverpool in, in this game. So. Just before we go, big thanks once again to the LFC Day Trippers, Gavin, all the boys over there for editing our, our podcast and putting them out on the on the Day Trippers platforms each week. Big thanks to the At Liverpool online Facebook, Twitter, Instagram page. You also put our podcasts out on their on their social media. Don't forget also, as we say every week, very important to keep up to date with the No More Knives campaign with Paul Bentley. Doing lots of uh, lots of work over there, and and give him a follow on Twitter and Facebook. You see all the um, activities he's up to on his uh, on his social media pages. So that's the Liverpool, uh, sorry, the West Ham versus Liverpool preview podcast all done. Uh, and thanks to you, Jay, for taking the time to join us once again. No problem at all, Peter. Hopefully on Wednesday evening, another three points and 19 points clear at the top of the Premier League table. Enjoy the game. Brilliant. Cheers, yeah, yeah. And fingers crossed that will be the case. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to leave uh, any feedback that you want on, on our, our Twitter pages or the Cop Table page, and we'll do our best to get back to you as, uh, as soon as we can. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll uh, speak to you all very soon. Goodbye.
This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.